And we're back. Hello and welcome to the DFS preview show of the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we will preview week seven of the EFL, of the NFL, um, with a focus on DFS. We'll go position by position and then Brian and I have a weekly head-to-head lineup um, that we will share as well and give our reasons for each pick. So, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's Friday night. We're talking DFS. I've got my uh, Dragon's Milk Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout in hand. Couldn't be better. It's such a basic Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. It's available year round. Come on. But it's delicious. Like, there's nothing wrong with basic. Like, you can enjoy the basic things from time to time because they're basic because they're so good. At the very least, go like Goose Island, Bourbon County. imperial stout but like oh, dragons i mean okay. to be fair i i had to purchase liquor at a walmart in lacrosse wisconsin so the options were pretty limited i was pretty ecstatic to find this as a, a choice okay fair enough um all right so do we w- i think we should start off position by position then maybe we can guess each other's lineup by the end um probably let's let's go with um QB first. And I think I say QB first because when I was making my um, lineup, this was probably the toughest one for me because there were so many that I could see myself playing. Not like, you know, like all of them, but just like usually it's there's like one high price one, maybe one middle price one, maybe one really low price one. I'm like, yeah, I could see myself playing. But right now there's like two or three middle price one, one high price one, a couple lower price ones. And I think QB is kind of tough this week. Yeah, I totally agree. It's made even more difficult for me because Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, all on the slate, all have really good matchups, which means your quarterback has to perform. This is yet another week in 2020 where we can't punt the position, just go with a low price guy that guarantees 3X's salary with 15 points because you can't lose a position by 15 points to someone else, even if they paid a lot more for him. So it's really tough. Like I said, I like all three of those top price guys I mentioned. Um, you go just below that, you got Kyler Murray at 7,100, Deshaun Watson at 6,800. I think they're incredible values at those prices. Murray especially should be 8K. I just don't get this. I've been saying this every week. Like Kyler Murray has to be 8K. He's running more than Lamar Jackson. He's scoring a rushing touchdown every game, and we know he has the ability to throw for 300 yards. Like, he has to be 8K, and he hasn't gone above, like, 7,200 yet this year. It's just crazy to me. Yeah, and for those middle price ones, I mean, you're looking at Stafford, who's got a great um, matchup, but then just below him is uh, someone like Justin Herbert, who also has a great matchup and is just, you know, $200 cheaper, but, like... That that's that I think that's one of the uh, the decisions that people are making this week is like Herbert or Stafford, like who would you take in that situation? I lean towards Herbert just because I think there's a higher chance that Stafford can get game flowed out or just any. Actually, it's not game flowed out. I guess I don't think Detroit kills Atlanta, but there's a higher chance that all the Lions touchdowns just happen to go to running backs that they work the ball down the field. And Adrian Peterson punches it in from the two-yard line a couple times. Or, or you know, each of their running backs scores once. I, I am more worried that would happen. As with Herbert, although the Chargers are a great rushing team, and obviously they're one of the few teams this year that have run the ball 40 times in a game, they might be the only team, actually. Like, that's an absurd number of rushing attempts. I think um, the Browns did it when... They, yeah, they, they might be the other one against the Bengals in Week 2, yeah. which is a game I'm sure we'll talk about uh, this week. Um, but even when the Chargers do that, they play so fast. Like, when the Packers run a ton, they let the clock go down to three seconds or less and then snap the ball. The Chargers just get up to the line and snap, get up to the line and snap, get up to the line and snap. And it doesn't matter if they're ahead or trailing. That's what they do. And so I, I, I'm more comfortable with Herbert than Stafford, but they're both great plays, like you said. So in terms of punting, like, would you be willing to punt on Drew Locke? Drew Locke, no. Uh, well, though, 
I definitely could see him being in play at 5,100 against the Chiefs. He's certainly going to be trailing most of the game we expect, and he has pretty obvious pass catchers you could plug him in with, with uh, Noah Fant and Tim Patrick, your homeboy. But if I'm if I'm going cheap, if I'm going below 6K, for me, it's definitely Joe Burrow at 5,500 playing against the Browns, who are just awful. Burrow's thrown for over 300 yards in four of the six games so far this season. Uh, he throws it like... 40 plus times he's not getting the game. touchdowns though he he's not and and the thing about that is is he's just been unlucky like given the number of pass attempts he has and the fact that his completion percentage has been above 60 percent pretty much every single week i think and actually i think it's been every single week the fact that he only has six touchdown passes this season is a sign of ridiculously bad luck i know he's had at least two long passes to uh, T. Higgins, for example, where Higgins was down at the inside the three. So you change those to touchdowns, and his his game logs and his fantasy points per game start to look really different. Um, given that Joe Mixon is also out that this week, I think that's an even better sign for Joe Burrow because, well, Gio Bernard uh, will be a good player this week, and we will definitely talk about him when we get to running backs. He is not a ground-and-pound guy 20 times a game. Gio Bernard is not rushing more than 20 times. He's a much more uh, pass-focused back, and so I think that even helps Joe Burrow more. Things are going to be more on the screen game, more on the, the jet sweep type stuff uh, with Burrow you know, just throwing short passes instead of doing running plays. So think, he's my punt if I'm punting. You think Case Keenum gets a shot this game? I mean, it could happen any game. All we need <laughs> is Baker Mayfield to throw two more pick sixes, which he seems to have a particular affinity for. Um, I kind of thought after last week when when uh, Mayfield got benched in, in favor of Keenum for a quarter, they might just tell the whole world that Baker Mayfield's really too hurt to keep going and sit him for a game, get his head right, just to see what they can do with Case Keenum in the backfield. Uh, but obviously they're not going that route, though I think that would have made that would have made this game all the more interesting. Obviously the Browns are not interested in miracles. That's right. Um, so, okay, 7,000 and above, who who would you pick? If you, ha- if you had it in your lineup to do a 7,000 and above quarterback, who would you pick this week? For me, it's got to be Kyler Murray. Um, he's just, like I said, he's just too underpriced. I think Mahomes, Allen, Wilson, all more or less appropriately priced. The only knock I have on Carly, Kyler Murray is he's harder to stack, given DeAndre Hopkins is the most expensive wide receiver on the slate, and the Cardinals' other receivers uh, are kind of low-volume, high-volatility players. You know, Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella priced cheaply, but... They could catch. They could each catch an 80-yard touchdown, or they could both get three targets and have zero catches in a game. So it, it's kind of hard to stack Murray in an efficient way. But he's my favorite quarterback, and just a you know in a void in a vacuum, he's just way too cheap for me. Are you interested at all in stacking? I'm not in stacking in playing uh, Matt Ryan over Matt Stafford. Yeah, I am actually. I actually prefer Ryan to Stafford. Um, so would you take so? Would you prefer Ryan over Herbert? They're about equal to me. That that would all come down to how I wanted to build my lineups. Um, so I think Herbert's the, probably better because his pass catchers are cheaper. In fact, in one this, of his wide receivers is one of my like best possible values of the week. In the six to seven thousand range, you would take like your two picks would be. Um, oh, you probably like Watson, Ryan, and Herbert. Yeah, those okay. would be my three favorite in that range. All right, should we move on to running back, or do you want to talk sure. about the the punters? No. Um, all right, running back. So with uh, the two pass catchers out on New Orleans, is Alvin Kamara underpriced? Yes. I mean, this this kills me. So when I did like my first review of DraftKings pricing this week, I saw Kamara's priced at 7900 thought Michael Thomas would be back, thought the Saints would have their entire roster of offensive playmakers, thought that they'd have a good matchup against Carolina and probably actually try to focus more on running the ball, which would give Latavius Murray more carries. And I thought Kamara might be a great fade play. The whole world's going to be on him because he's averaging 30 points a game right now. And he's only he's less than 8K. And I can go elsewhere and find good value. But then Michael Thomas is out. Emmanuel Sanders is out. New Orleans has no one left to throw the ball to. So now I think Kamara is a must-play in cash. 
and still a fantastic tournament play despite the fact that he's going to be uh, rostered in an insane percentage of lineups. I just I don't see how he's not uh, an A plus type play this week. Not to say there aren't other r- great running back plays, but he is definitely among them this week. Where you could talk yourself out of playing him before we got the injury news. He's a free square. No, he's not. No, no one 8K is a free square. And then, and no one this week is a free square because when we get to the punt running backs, there are so many options below, like at 5K and below, that you can really go any way. And I think they're going to eat up each other's ownership. So you're not going to have any of them that are too ridiculously owned this week. Are you like the rest of Twitter and think that uh, Derrick Henry has now been um, goaded into uh, raging out 300 yards? No, I'm I'm totally off Derrick Henry this week. I'm off Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry. Before we got the, the news on the Saints receivers, the highest priced running back I really wanted to play was Aaron Jones. Uh, Elliott's been struggling as we've seen, but more importantly, the Dallas offensive line is completely demolished with injury right now. And Elliott has not shown an ability to get more yards than he's blocked for so far this season. Washington has a decent front seven, so... Elliott's a fine play, but he's not a great one at 7,800. And same thing with Derrick Henry. He's going to be fine because he gets 25 carries a game. He's the only person in the NFL that gets that routinely. But Pittsburgh's defense is just too good. And I know you and other people have said that Derrick Henry's different. Derrick Henry just runs over people. And it doesn't matter if Pittsburgh's defenders are quick and get to the hole and get in front of them. He'll just bowl over them. But Derrick Henry has to have 150 yards on the ground and a touchdown to pay off his salary because he doesn't catch passes and I'm not going to bet that he does that against the second best run defense in the NFL. He could, but I'm, I'd rather be on the side uh, of the odds that says he doesn't do that. Especially when I think he's going to be over 20% owned or could be this week because he came off a 40 point week in week six. Um, so of the like mid priced running backs, like looking at, Maybe all the way down to, I want to say, Josh Jacobs at 6,300. Thinking Jacobs, Carson, Connor, Hunt. Who are you interested in? Because I I, I look at that and I'm like, you know, I feel like Davis is uh, against, against New Orleans. It doesn't work. Connor, I don't see him returning on his value. Hunt should be there. Um, Carson, I feel like this is a trap game and Jacobs against Tampa Bay. I just don't know. So I, I, I don't know amongst those, that group there. Yeah. So for me, I think Hunt is obviously the answer. He's the best play in my opinion. I think he's the best. He's been the best running back play in the slate all week. Um, given the fact that he's going to get 20 touches, that he's going to do it against the Bengals run defense. That's just atrocious. Uh, bottom five in the league, giving up over 140 yards a game on the ground. Kareem Hunt is a fantastic play. And if Joe Burrow goes off, if the Bengals get out to a big lead, Kareem Hunt is an excellent pass catcher. We all know that. That's what his role in this offense was before Nick Chubb got hurt. So there's no concern that Kareem Hunt gets game flowed out a la Alexander Madison a week ago. So he's by far the best play. And I agree with you. With Connor and Davis, I really like them. And in a normal week, they would be fine cash plays because I think they're both very likely to 3x their salary. I think they're both very likely to get you between 17 and 20 points. My concern with each of them is I don't really see them getting much beyond that. Uh, Connor's got a good matchup, but Pittsburgh hasn't given him the ball that much. You know, he gets about 20 touches, but that's just, you know, that's it. He, he's not a guy that's going to get you 24, 25 touches in a game, so he doesn't have a huge ceiling. And same with Mike Davis. I don't see him having two touchdown upside, and I don't see him having... Uh, a hundred yard rushing game in this uh, contest versus the saints. And so his, his ceiling isn't there. I just, so I don't like them as much. Um, Mixon was a good play. He's out. We'll get to Bernard in a little bit. Uh, Chris Carson. I think you're right. He could be a trap play, but in tournaments, I think he's an excellent leverage play because, well, I don't think there's going to be a ton of Russell Wilson stacks given how that he's the highest priced quarterback and both his receivers are expensive. I think there will be a ton of people that will just play one of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in every in their lineups. And if you go with Chris Carson and he has a two touchdown game, you've just given yourself a huge leg up on all the other uh, lineups that went with the 
uh, Seahawks passing attack. Sorry, my words are like failing me here. Uh, probably need more beer. But so I like Chris Carson in that regard. But um, like I said, I prefer Hunt. And I, I think I prefer Davis, you know, in cash if you're looking at that 64, 6600 range. Uh, I'm totally off Josh Jacobs. The, the fact that they're playing Tampa Bay, who's excellent against the run, combined with the fact that the Raiders' entire offensive line has been quarantined all week. Uh, even if they play, I have concerns about that. They haven't been practicing. They haven't been around their teammates uh, for five-plus days and had to deal with the headache of extra testing. I, I don't want anything to do with Josh Jacobs. You go $100 down, though, Ronald Jones might be something else to talk about. Uh, I agree with that. Um, so amongst those uh, about Ronald jo- around Ronald Jones's uh, price range, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire being uh, faded by DraftKings? No, I mean, he's not priced like a top back, but I don't think he is one anymore. I We've seen since week one, CEH hasn't gotten the carries inside the five. The, the Chiefs have seen he can't get it done. He doesn't have the patience or the vision to overcome his very diminutive stature. And so he's not a good goal line back. At, at best, he keeps his role, except Le'Veon Bell gets all the short yardage work. And that's very valuable work. But I don't think that's true. I think the Chiefs are going to put in a couple packages just for Le'Veon Bell. And he steals 12 to 15 uh, touches this week and like 30, 35% of the snaps. That's enough to make me concerned about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, especially given like we just haven't seen him do it, save for one game against Buffalo. So I, I'm off him, though he is cheap. If you If you don't agree with me, if you think Le'Veon Bell is a non-factor in this game, then Clyde Edwards-Alaire is way too cheap and is a an excellent play. So you got a um, couple good matchups here. You got Todd Gurley at six thousand and D. I don't know his first name. Swift at fifty four hundred. Fifty four hundred coming off a big game, but he has put up a decent amount of points so far this year. Uh, and he's just coming off his biggest game. Who are you interested in more in this uh, matchup, Gurley or Swift? I'm interested in Swift more, although Gurley is like in the perfect position. He's playing a bad run defense. He's at home. He's favored. He gets 20 touches a game. He's gotten four or five targets each of the last two weeks. Like He's in a great position, has a great role, but he's another guy. I just am really concerned about his upside, and I just can't stomach playing Todd Gurley anymore. I don't trust him. Especially if Atlanta falls behind, which they very well could because their defense is terrible, then Gurley's role gets cut even further. Uh, Swift could be a breakout player. And I think the big question is where you think his ownership's going to be. I think he's a very good play if he's owned in or rostered in you know, 15% or fewer of lineups. If he's rostered in 20, 25% of the lineups in a tournament, I think he's a bad play because there's a higher. Then you've gotten to the point where, like, you're better off just assuming he gets reverted back to only 10 to 12 touches instead of 20 touches a game. Fair enough. Now let's get to our boy, RJ2. <laughs> Shit. Is there a better name for him? RJ2, RG, RJ, RJ2 Rojo? versus... Yeah, I like RJ2 versus Rojo because then it's like a mini RG3. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, um, a good, that's a good description of what he's done so far this year. So, I really like him this week, even though Las Vegas is supposed to be a decent defense. Um, I don't know. For 6,200, it doesn't get much. I mean, he's putting up, like, um, Mike Davis points from the free, his first couple of weeks, and he's cheaper than Mike Davis. So, I'm interested. Are you? Yeah, I, I am. I think he is the ultimate tournament play this week. I think in our... In our regular uh, preview podcast where we focus on season long, I mentioned Chris Carson is like one of the best tournament plays. I think Ronald Jones or RJ2, as you have coined him, is is usurped Chris Carson as the best tournament play this week. And, and it's all about his price. So he's not priced up with the elite guys, and he's not expected to get the same kind of production as Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt. And the same token, he's way more expensive than the punt plays that we haven't gotten to that everyone's going to be on. I think every lineup in Daily Fantasy is going to have at least one punt play. Or if people aren't having one punt running back, it's a very conscious decision to be contrarian. Because there's, again, three or four of them that are all fantastic plays. 
Ronald Jones is right in that middle sweet spot of 6,200. If you put him in your lineup, you're automatically going to have kind of a unique roster construction. And like you said, he's in a great spot. I think the Buccaneers dominate this game. I think their defense destroys Derek Carr. And I think Ronald Jones gets all the work he can handle. And Las Vegas has been a better defense, but they haven't been great against the run. And if RJ2 gets his 20 touches and five targets, he's going to have another smash day, especially at just 6,200. So I really like him in tournaments this week. I It doesn't work in cash. In cash, I prefer to take this, the normal build, pay up for a couple of running backs, pay down for one. But he, I think, is a great play. Okay, so for punt plays, um, I don't see... I just don't see him um, because I don't see the ceiling for them except for maybe Latavius Murray. Um, but other than that, I'd like you're going to have to inform me of these punt plays because all I see is like 8 to 12 point plays here. Yeah, So and, and I don't disagree with you with some of them. So I think you're starting at 5K and below, and, and the plays that everyone's going to be looking at, uh, Latavius Murray, I give give you props. That's actually kind of the sneaky one that I was going to mention that I didn't think you'd be having in your head, but he's a, a sneaky good one with all the Saints receivers out. Um, we've got Antonio Gibson at 5K. He's been tempting DFS players all season and continues to do it for some reason. I, I'm not on him. He's a guy, I agree with you, I think he's like a 12 to 14 point play with without much ceiling, even against Dallas. Um, you've got Justin Jackson at 4,900. He's questionable, so we're going to have to monitor his status all weekend. But if he's healthy, and if we get an inclination that he's like truly healthy and going to keep his workload, I think he's a really good play uh, against the Jaguars, who are a bad run defense. And again, I mean, Jacksonville's just bad defense in general. And again, we've seen the Chargers run 40 times a game. So even if Jackson only gets 50% of the carries, that could be 20 carries. <laughs> so just something to keep in mind. Latavius Murray, you mentioned. Kenyon Drake, some people are going to be on at 4,800 because he had, basically he had one garbage time touchdown run for 69 yards or something against Dallas, jumped up his fantasy points per game to 30, and now everyone loves him again. Uh, I'm off. Seattle's been good against defense, except against Dalvin Cook, so I don't want him, but he's a, a play people are looking at. Then you jump down a bit, and you've got Gio Bernard, who became a play once um, Joe Mixon was ruled out. Uh, he's an okay running back. You know, He's probably a little worse than Mike Davis, but he'll get the job done, and he's going to get the carries. The Bengals just don't have anyone else that they've given any significant kind of work to in the backfield yet this year, so I think Gio Bernard gets you know 90% of the snaps and just by sheer volume can be a good play and then finally did you, I hold think, on did did you say Gio Bernard was a little worse than Mike Davis in in terms of NFL skill set yes what is okay so then you're giving so many props to the coaching staff and the offensive line of the Carolina Panthers uh partially that and partially just again the role is everything. The, the, Mike Davis's value comes, he gets 18 carries a game and he gets seven to nine targets a game. That's his value. He hasn't, he's been very good, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't like been transcendent in, in that role. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey was the number one overall pick because when he gets that kind of volume, he routinely gets 100 yards receiving and or 100 yards rushing. Mike Davis hasn't gotten those high yardage numbers. He's not as efficient with his volume. His volume's just too good to not be priced at 7K, though, and he just hasn't been safe for last week. Um, so I'm not knocking him by saying Gio Bernard's that good. I'm, I'm just saying Gio Bernard is another – he's a – He's an above-average backup running back. You know, Latavius Murray, same thing. He's probably better than both those two guys, but he doesn't get the same kind of volume, so he's not as good of a fantasy play, uh, but he's still a very good NFL running back. Um, I can't wait to hear you say you're playing Gio Bernard. Oh, free win. (laughs) Well, and so here's the thing. The other running back that we may have coming off uh, is extreme value is uh, Jamal Williams of the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones is truly questionable with a calf strain. Didn't practice Friday after getting the injury on Thursday. The Packers haven't ruled him out yet, and it seems like they don't want to this far ahead of schedule. They want to see if there's a miracle healing process that takes place, you know, Saturday and into Sunday morning. But given the fact that they kept Devontae Adams out for so long with a soft tissue injury to the point that Adams was complaining on Twitter, you know, a couple weeks ago, I just don't see them putting Aaron Jones in this game. 
The Houston Texans are terrible against the run. We've been saying that this whole time. And Jamal Williams is another guy. He's 90% Aaron Jones. And so if he gets 20 touches, if he and, and probably if Aaron Jones is out because Tyler Irvin's out as well, he probably gets over 20 touches in that game. He's just going to be a fantastic play. And so for me, if I'm ranking the punt plays, assuming Jamal Williams is in play because Aaron Jones is out, to me, Aaron Jones is the best one, then Justin Jackson, and then Gio Bernard is third best. Though I think all three of those guys are going to be fantastic. You mean Jamal Williams, then Jackson, then Gio? Yeah, you said that, you said Aaron Jones instead of Jamal Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jamal Williams first. Yeah, just and, okay. and, and again, a big part of that's price. Like, for he's the stone minimum for running backs on DraftKings. It's it's just crazy. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, Ridley well, I wanna, or Julio. I, I want to hear what what are you after I, I gave all that explanation? Are you interested in any of these punt running backs? Uh, kind of. So it's one of those things where you're just like, I've made my lineup. I don't want to change it. I'm thinking about changing it, but I don't want to tinker with it. Um, but then I hear you talking about uh, Williams being four thousand and Jones almost be uh, Jones almost being ruled out, but not really being ruled out. Um. I mean, Jackson, no, because Jackson can get 20 carries and still get 12 points. Um, Williams, yes. Uh, Geo, no, because I've heard this story before. I've taken part of it in season long, and uh, I just, I'm not interested in, in going through that again. Him getting five points, even though having the full workload. But um, yeah, Williams, yes. Okay, fair. Yeah, I will say, uh, I when, once we actually read our lineups, uh, I will be doing an alternative swap of two plays if uh, Jamal Williams is available. Because I think he's almost like, he is a free square. If Aaron Jones is out, to me, Jamal Williams is the free square this week. All right, uh, moving on to wide receiver. Jones or Ridley? Both. Why both? Like, really... Th- they have a fantastic matchup. Detroit has no cornerbacks. It's not like there's one cornerback for the Lions that you're like, well, this guy's decent. So if he shadows, you know, Ridley or Jones, they might have a slightly worse day. I don't think there's any way to predict this. Like they both get ten, you know, both probably going to get ten plus targets. Both get looks in the red zone. Both can have big plays. Both can be used as possession receivers. Both are extremely good. I prefer. I guess I prefer Ridley slightly. I think he's a little more explosive, or he's looked that way, but. They're both great plays. I think actually, like wide receiver from top to bottom is phenomenal. Um, now Mike Thomas is out; that hurts. And actually, you know DeAndre Hopkins, I'm out. I'm off on him. He has been missing practices still with that ankle. Ankle. He hasn't looked explosive. He's 8200. I I'm just probably going to completely fade him this week because I don't see him any way in which he has a 40 point game, and he needs 35 plus points at a minimum to be a a tournament winning play because 4x's salary which is really good but not fantastic is still 32 points and i just don't see him topping that number but everywhere down like every $200 there's a new fantastic play this week at wide receiver you think this is an amari cooper bounce back week no, he's one I'm skipping. I go from Stefan Diggs at seven thousand <laughs> to Will Fuller at sixty eight hundred. So that's the uh, thing. That so that's why I say uh Ridley or Julio. Because if you're playing both, then you're skipping Stefan Diggs. I think I'm skipping Stefan Diggs more often than not this week, to be honest. You're, you're so high. Look, look, <laughs> Stefan Diggs he's he's amazing. He's really good. And he is much more the alpha on that team than like DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones are on theirs because they all share the field with another excellent receiver. Stefan Diggs is going to be sharing role with Gabriel Davis after John Brown has been ruled out. But Davis has been good. And my bigger concern is we all know the Jets ain't scoring on the Bills. And if they do, it's like 12 points max, right? So Buffalo does not need to throw the ball 50 times this game. Atlanta and Seattle might throw the ball 50 times in their matchups. I'd much rather prefer the wide receivers, especially high-priced ones that are, that are going to likely be in shootout games than the guy that's, whose team could be up 28 to nothing at half and doesn't see a, a throw in the second half. That's my Again, only concern on Stephon Diggs. 
I get that, but it doesn't seem like they trust their running backs very much because they're averaging like two yards a carry. And to me, um, Allen, seem, Allen digs the whole Bills uh, persona seems like the kind of group, especially going against a division rival like the Jets, like they seem like the kind of group that want to run it up. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. Again, it, it's going to come down to roster construction. I mean, I think ultimately, like even if you even if you agree with with you, Steve, I think like when even if I did, when I'm building rosters, unless Josh Allen's my QB, like Stephon Diggs is never going to make it onto my lineup. Um, and so, you know, at most he's going to be in you know 15 percent or so of of my lineups. I do, but if I have any other quarterback, like I'm going to try to include, you know, a Cardinal. You know, even if I'm playing like Matt Ryan as my quarterback, obviously, then I have Julio or Ridley or both. And I'm going to want like one Cardinal and one Seahawk in that lineup, too. There's no one on the Jets I want to play at all this week. And so it's just harder to fit Diggs in as just a one off. And he's just got to do so much to hit his value. And I think he's got to do it in the first half. So I just have some concerns. But so which he's, Seahawk? he's a great play. Uh, I want Tyler Lockett a little more this week. Uh, I'm taking my approach that I do with. Uh, the Buccaneers from last, you know, play the cheaper guy. Metcalf's had the the better games more recently, but he's also going to be higher owned, and I think he's going to be covered by Patrick Peterson, which certainly doesn't mean don't play Metcalf. It just means he might be slightly less efficient, you know, ninety five percent efficiency. And Lockett can have huge games too. I mean, he's had what a thirty eight point game this year, so he can he can win you a week as well. It was forty points actually, so. I prefer Lockett a little bit, but it's close. How about you? Where do you fall on that? Neither. I'm, I'm f- as you would say, fading this game. I said it last year uh, when they played, and I was right. And I'm saying it this year. I am fading this game. <laughs> if if you are right, I mean, you should play t- tournaments because if if that is right, I mean, that's you're going to be very unique in your lineup. Um, Will Fuller is pretty pretty high pretty high priced. Yeah, I mean, he's been right around there the last few weeks. I think he's been, um, I guess, just the last two weeks before the 66 and then 6,800 a week ago, 6,800 again. Um, he's the only guy I like. Obviously, he can have some big, big weeks. Hasn't gotten injured yet, you know, knock on wood. Uh, I do have a little concern that he's going to be shadowed by Jari Alexander of the Packers. Again, I don't think he shuts Will Fuller down, but I do think that means all things being equal. It's probably more of a Brandon Cooks game than a Will Fuller game. So I, I lean that, you know, I'd rather play Cooks, I think, in my lineup and, and lean towards some of these other high-priced receivers. But Fuller's still a very good play. And in my Deshaun Watson stacks, I will have some Will Fuller, absolutely. Okay, and now we've got the, like, gigantic middle ground of of players between, like, A.J. Brown all the way down to, like, I was going to say Emmanuel Sanders, but he's out, um, all the way down to, like, Brandon Cooks. And yeah, but don't skip on Tyree Kill there, buddy. You gotta start at Tyree Kill. Tyree Ty- no one's playing play. Tyree Kill. No, that's ter- oh. a terrible play. Don't play Tyree oh. Kill. I'm not playing him in cash, but I wanted to. Um <laughs> uh, you know, he didn't quite fit. I could pay up for a little someone a little better, I think. Uh but I think he's a great tournament play. He's he's cheaper than he should be. He should be in the Will Fuller mold because he's the same type of player. And he can do the same things. He just hasn't yet this year, and Denver secondary is not good. I really like Ty, Tyree Kill to me is the clear best play until you get down below 5500. Okay, yeah, but you That's also took like you also took money from Russia. You're you're in bed with the the Russian mayor, uh the the Moscow mayor. Moscow and mayor and Brian. Me billions of dollars with a check signed, you know, for bribery. That's right. So how can we trust a word that you're saying? <laughs> Um, Look, and listen, this isn't about me and my family. This is about your <laughs> DFS lineup. <laughs> Robbie Anderson. That was actually a good one, Brian. Props. That was a good one. Um, Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore? Robbie Anderson. Uh, I know Agreed. DJ Moore had the the better game last week, but I'm 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 full on Anderson as the better play week in and week out, and he's only four hundred dollars okay, okay. more. Okay. Do you care about any Cincinnati receiver? All. All seriously. Of them. Oh, I think Tyler Boyd's a fantastic play. Um, if it wasn't for a guy named... Oh, and I screwed this up before, actually. 
I screwed this up. Tyreek Hill isn't the best play down until 5,500 because I forgot that all the players I really like are are in my lineup. (laughs) And so they're not showing up in the list of players. They're over on the side of my lineup. So this is probably looking at that. But uh, if it wasn't for a couple of the guys that are are in my lineup, uh, Tyler Boyd would be really high on my list. So you're playing Scary Terry. (laughs) He's gotten solid production. He um, is a slot receiver. The Browns are terrible going slot receivers. Um, Boyd doesn't have, you know, true hundred yard plus upside in a game. He's done it once this year, but I, I don't count on it, but he's good for like six, seven catches, you know, between 60 and 90 yards and has good touchdown equity. Most of the time, I think he could be a really good play. T Higgins is, he's just waiting for that explosion game. Like I said, he's been tackled twice inside the three. He scores one of those times and his box scores start looking really differently. Uh, he's another guy I really like. And I even... Just give me a second. I kind of like AJ. Don't. Green. No, you don't. Only, no, you don't. only in a Joe Burrow stack would so, I play. No, AJ somebody Green. told you but to I like AJ better. Green, and you like AJ Green. No, don't. No, it's not true. You're not like you don't like AJ Green. But before before we get too far ahead, though, we 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 haven't mentioned like the two the two best plays in this price range. Okay, go ahead. So one you mentioned already, and, and if people listen to our, our previous podcast on just the, the general previews, they know I gave him all four nicknames because he's going to have that kind of game. It's Terry McLaren. Uh, he's only 5,800. He's going against Dallas. He's averaged six over 16 points a game to date this season. So he's averaging 3x in his salary, and he's faced some of the toughest matchups in the league week in and week out. He's got one of the best matchups in the league now. I think he's just an explosion waiting to happen. He's a great play in every format, no matter what his ownership is. Similarly, uh, Keenan Allen, 6,200, just a little bit more expensive, has gotten double-digit targets every game Justin Herbert has started, except one, the Saints game, where Allen left the game in the first quarter after he caught a touchdown. So he still caught a touchdown or had double-digit targets in every game started by Justin Herbert. I think he's on track to get at least one of those and, and very likely the, the double digit targets this week. And he's just too cheap for that much volume. Uh, fair enough. I'm off of Keenan Allen now. He's dead to me. Um, but as we go down to more, the more punting uh, plays, I this is pretty far down, but uh, definitely play uh, Tim Patrick for 4,600. Uh what you're looking for from him is probably like 15 or more points. And I think against Kansas City, uh, the Denver will be down, will either be down or competing because you don't, you never know like uh, what, what Kansas City is going to show up, I guess. Um, if they're competing, that means they're scoring a lot of points. And if they're down, that means they're going to have a lot of garbage time. Like from, from my point of view, I don't see any situation in which Tim Patrick scores less than 15 points in this game. I wouldn't give him that much, but he's definitely getting 10. And like when you can guarantee 10, that's, you know, you can guarantee 2x salary. Like that's a good starting base for a wide receiver because he definitely can go way above that because he's got big play ability. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, once you get down there, I like him. Mentioned AJ Green. He's fine. Uh, lots of okay plays. And then you get to some really like Deontay Johnson's 4,200, ridiculously cheap. I know he's been banged up and he's dead to a lot of people because he's the last two games he started, he left in the first quarter with injury, but he is just way, way, way too cheap given that he was leading the Steelers and targets through five weeks despite missing two games. Uh, he's going to come back and as long as he doesn't get hurt is going to be good. Uh, MVS, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, 4,100, another really good play that I like this week against Houston. Um, he's a great leverage play off the Green Bay running back, whichever one is in play starting, and Devontae Adams. Uh, and, I mean, those two I think are the best. I think Andy Isabella at 3,900 is kind of interesting in a Kyler Murray stack. Um, yeah, and, and then above, you know, around those guys are lots of okay, you know, type plays in, in certain lineups. Marvin Jones, Russell Gage, you know, LaVisca Chenault, if you're stacking them with their quarterbacks, could all be fine. Uh, fair enough. I, I think... When you have a wide receiver like MVS whose catch percentage is lower than most quarterbacks' completion percentage, then 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, you trust him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think his drop percentage is higher. <laughs> Just that alone is, is enough to make him concerned. But yeah, he's definitely boomer bust. But actually, I should say one one guy. Obviously, I wasn't looking at all week until today. But we should talk about is Traquan Smith for the Saints. He's now their de facto number one wide receiver. He's four K on DraftKings. What are you doing with him? I I haven't given him a ton of thought yet. Obviously, but we should talk about him. I mean, he's one of those, it's one of those situations, right, where um, the injuries plus opportunity line up and then everything is supposed to happen. But then a lot of times when you see that on Twitter, like people saying, okay, everything is lining up for this person to have a giant game. He's super cheap. And it doesn't happen. And people are like, oh, I guess we forgot that they have Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. We forgot that they have a tight end who I don't know his name. And uh, what ends up happening is is just they find the people that they know are, that are better than Trey Quan Smith. Although he is good, he, he's decent, he's a decent player, but um, I don't trust the whole stars aligning uh, narratives. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards agreeing with you. I think I'd rather just play more Alvin Kamara and even Latavius Murray thinking that just they're going to work through their backfield and go that route. Um, one last guy I forgot to mention when I was talking about the big pump play is, is Gabriel Davis for your bills. Um, he's basically going to just duplicate what John Brown has been doing. And for 1400 less than Brown ever cost you at 3,600. So he's a very interesting punt wide receiver play. If you go that route too. And I, I just don't think many people will, because again, we have so many punt running back, options this week that it's it's hard to justify a punt wide receiver play yeah i'm not interested i mean i i much prefer uh digs and for someone to replace john brown john brown's like a unique player not a special player but he's, he has a unique skill set that most um players do not have so i don't know that he's going to fit right into that to that role so i would i would much rather have pay up for digs and then pay down for a punt um, running back. All right, let's let's go to tight end. Tight end. Um, so we've got Greg Kittle, right, against New England. Are you Who's interested? I'm not. Is it? Oh, George Kittle. Whatever. You are using the wrong name. I mean, put some. Respect I see it. I see Kittle's a G. Name. I see a G, and I just guess. So, Gray Kittle. Okay. Okay. G Kittle um, going against New England. He's 6,500, 200 higher than Travis Kelsey, um, 400 higher than Darren Waller. I just, I'm not interested at all. Yeah. For me, of of the three real high priced uh, tight ends, the only one I'm interested in is Kelsey. And I'm very interested in him. But yeah, Kittle, really tough matchup. Don't trust San Francisco's offense in New England and what should be a fairly cold day. Darren Waller, don't trust that offense with possibly a banged up uh, offensive line, which in best case scenario is still missing their left tackle. Don't, you know, don't want to play him against the Buccaneers defense. So Kelsey's the only one I'm interested in. And I really like him. There's a, a handful of guys, though. The the return to health of a few mid-priced uh, tight ends changes this a bit. But don't you dare. Week, don't you dare. Going into the week, the the three tight ends I really liked were Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, and um, Austin Hooper. Because I thought at their prices of sixty three hundred, forty five hundred, and four K respectively, they were all a lock to two x their salary, and if they scored a touchdown, would three x or more. Uh, and so I liked all three of those guys a lot. Austin Hooper's now out, and we'll talk about that. But Kelsey's still a really good play, and now might be lower owned a bit because there's some other options to play at the position. Don't you dare! Don't jinx talk it. Talk about the five k to forty six hundred tight Don't ends. jinx it! Don't jinx it! Johnu Smith is back. <laughs> Gonna have a monster game against Pittsburgh. He practiced in full. He practiced in full. He's gonna. He, Anthony Ferksker is gonna be cut. That's how much Johnu Smith is gonna play this weekend, right, Steve? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I hope so. Because I have him in season long. I also have Darren Waller in season long as well. So, I mean, I'm set there. But still, I like to play 
like in the in the beginning of the season and see this isn't a season-long podcast but i'm just saying it um in the beginning of the season i was hyping up playing Jonu smith and someone like darren waller evan ingram i was right about darren waller definitely wrong about evan ingram um as but, were we all <laughs> uh so tj hawkinson noah fant gronkowski hunter henry hayden hurst jared cook Oh, that's who their their tight end is. Um, <laughs> Darren Fells. Darren Fells, right? I got that right, didn't I? Yeah, I was just going to say, you can't <laughs> remember George Kittle's name, but you got Darren freaking Fells right. Greg Kittle sounds better. I'm not really interested in any of them, not even Hawkinson or Hurst. Um, I'm not interested in Fant against uh, Kansas City. Barely interested in Gronkowski. Um I refuse to be interested in Darren, uh, Jared Cook. Uh, the only out of that list there, Jonu Smith, right smack dab in the middle of 4,700. That's the one, that's the only one I'm really interested in. Yeah, I actually, for me, uh, I prefer Noah Fant the most of that group. Um, TJ Hawkinson just hasn't been getting enough targets to be reliable, though he's certainly a good tournament play and can be stacked with Stafford and Galladay. And, you know, you have a really good basis. Uh, but no offense, you know, getting eight plus targets a game, most games uh, when he's healthy, he, he's been practicing in full all week. He's definitely good to go. Again, Denver should be down. I think no offense, a great bring back against Kansas City stacks or it could be just played as a standalone. I really like him. Johnny Smith has practiced in full. I am worried that he doesn't, you know, Frickster's is not going away completely. Like, this is a two-tight end team now, and that just makes me a little bit worried about Jonu Smith. Uh, the other guys you mentioned, the only one I have more than a passing, you know, just a thought for is Hunter Henry. Again, I, I really like this Chargers offense, and the biggest thing against Henry is I want to play the Chargers running back, and I want to play Keenan Allen too, and I can't play all three of them. So you have to pick and choose how you want to approach that game. I agree. Um I like Jonu Smith this week because I think he's a reliable target against a good defense. And I think he, he's going to have a good opportunity to get touchdowns because of that. And if you're right about Pittsburgh holding um, Derrick Henry down, I think Jonu Smith benefits. So should we go over uh, – do, do you want to talk about punt tight ends? I'm not interested. Yeah, I, I just, just okay. really quickly. So if you don't want to fully punt, I mean, you've got Eric Ebron and Dalton Schultz are 4K and 3,900 respectively. They're both decent plays. Austin Hooper was my favorite 4K tight end, but he has appendicitis, had surgery today, so obviously he's not playing. That does open up, though, David Njoku at 3,000 and Harrison Bryant – uh, rookie tight end for the Browns at 2,500. I think they're both kind of interesting. I'm leaning towards preferring Bryant in that game, uh, both because of price and because I think the Browns hate David and Joku. They just seem to never really want to give him the ball. Wouldn't you? Uh, I don't know. I haven't met the guy. But other than that, there aren't really great tight end options. Ferksker was going to be a fantastic play if John Smith was out. John Smith is in. Uh, Albert Ogumbawambanan, which I just butchered, would have been a good play for the Broncos at min price if Noah Fant was out, but Noah Fant is clearly healthy. So not a ton of tight end plays, uh, but the Cleveland tight ends could be used if that's the route you choose to go. Just know you definitely could take a zero in that spot. I think we skip the flex and go to defense. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, For me, I only punt on defense. I never pay up. Um, and so for me, the Detroit Lions are a solid punt defense this week. Yeah, they're not bad. I think if you're looking at like 2,500 below as a punt, I like the Washington defense the most of that range, but they're also 2,500, the most expensive in that range. The Lions are fine. I might prefer the Falcons a bit to the Lions. And I actually I think the Jets are okay if you really want to go min price at 2K. Uh, obviously they're bad, but Josh Allen has been known to throw a pick or fumble a ball from time to time. And if the Jets just get like two sacks because Josh Allen held the ball for five minutes and pick a ball off, that's four points. And that's good enough at 2K, I think, if it lets you do some other fun stuff in your lineup. So all those punt plays work. If you're not going to punt, um, the defenses I like in kind of a range of prices are the Browns at 2,800, 
The Bengals have a terrible offensive line and throw the ball a ton, which just means there's lots of opportunities for sacks and interceptions. Even though I like Joe Burrow, I can like the Browns too. I wouldn't play them against each other, but they're both fine. Cowboys might not be terrible against Washington. Cowboys are 3K, and Washington's quarterback, no matter who they play, is turnover prone. Uh, Chargers defense at 3,400, I think, is fine against Jacksonville. And Gardner Minshew, who's thrown multiple picks a couple times. And then the highest I'm willing to go, because I will not bring myself to pay 4,700 for the Bills defense. I just, I'm not paying that much for a defense, no matter what. So the highest I'll go is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3,700, traveling across the country to the Raiders. I don't love the location of this game, but the Raiders' offense, especially if their offensive line is we find out they're going to miss like I just don't see that offense doing anything and Tampa should get a lot of sacks so those are the defenses for me but I think this week as much as any other it's just play whichever defense is in the area you can afford and take a shot because I don't think there's many if any fantastic plays outside of Buffalo and again I just don't know how you pay 4700 for a defense they'd have to score a touchdown to pay off yeah I totally agree I'm not any anywhere on that all right, so if people couldn't guess, I think that we have somewhat similar uh, aspects to our lineups. But uh, Brian, do you? We'll go into our head-to-head. Do you want to go first? Sure. So my quarterback should be zero surprise whatsoever. It's Kyler Murray, seventy-one hundred. Um, he's again. It just until he's eight K, like he's probably going to be my cash game quarterback as long as I can find some way to afford him. For me, it came down between him and Joe Burrow, and given all the other value we have on the slate, I'd rather pay 1600 more for Kyler Murray. Uh, mine is maybe a little bit of a surprise, but Justin Herbert at 6,400. Uh, I love him this week, him and Matthew Stafford. I couldn't decide between the two. I decided to go with Justin Herbert. Yeah, solid play. No, no uh, qualms yet. I'll go with my my two running backs. So we'll say flex, I guess, for the end. Um, My two running backs are the two guys I talked about as being my favorite high-priced running backs, Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. Um, Again, with with Hunt healthy and Chubb out and Kamara healthy and all of New Orleans passing attack out, I just didn't see a way around them. Kamara was not anywhere near my cash lineup until today, but now to me he's a lock. Yeah, I agree. I thought about um, I thought about switching it up, but I'm not going to. Um, who are you two? Can you list them again? Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so my two are a little bit different. I did not mention this person because I forgot that my lineup takes them out of the list as well. <laughs> um, maybe you can guess it. Uh, so I have Ronald Jones, uh, RJ2. I also have Jarek McKinnon going against the New England Patriots. And I think that the New England Patriots have kind of been exposed uh, so far this year for a inability to put up points on offense. And I think that benefits a slow-moving team like, uh, like the San Francisco 49ers. And I think Jarek McKinnon is going to help them um, move that move the ball down the field. So he'll get lots of catches as well as opportunities to run the ball so for 5800 i like it yeah i certainly don't hate that at all uh and yeah ronald jones was the other guy he was not anywhere near my um cash lineup until thursday when it was announced that the raiders game would be moved to 3 p.m and the whole slate changed and then uh ronald jones would have been in my cash lineup this lineup until the alvin kamara news came out so i totally agree with that pick uh mckinnon I much prefer going up or down, either up to Kareem Hunt or down to one of the punt plays, but I, I excuse me, I get what you're saying and he's he's definitely a fine play. All right, I'll go wide receiver first. Okay. Um I asked Jones or Ridley because I am playing Julio Jones. Um I was trying to decide between the two and I feel like Jones has the better opportunity to put up like a Megatron like game against the Detroit Lions and get a couple of touchdowns. Um, but I'm not super confident in it. Um, I think that they're both going to put up points. I hope I pick the one that puts up more points. Uh, with the other one, I have uh, Terry McLaren. McLaren. 
which I assume you have as well. And then for my last uh, wide receiver, I have Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. Okay, yeah. Not not surprising out there at all. I do also have uh, Terry McLaren. Uh, I, I like. I, I think we both agree. Like he's he's just an amazing play in this slate and is way underpriced for this matchup. Uh, I also have Keenan Allen. I think I pretty much gave that away when we talked about wide receivers. Again, just getting too much volume for sixty two hundred. He's a really good play. And then for me is uh, Kenny Galladay at sixty seven hundred. I don't know that I like him better than Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf or the Atlanta receivers or anything or Stefan Diggs. Uh, but this is the salary that fit in my lineup. And in a cash game, I prefer a receiver where he's like the only option to those other guys where they're one of two options. Uh, and so that's why I side with him a little bit, but he, he's the guy, he's another guy that came into my lineup late this week after we started seeing all the value open up elsewhere. Which you may have noticed, I haven't even gotten to my value yet, so you can guess where the rest of my lineup is going. I like to uh, play a, a higher-priced players in my flex. Um, I like to try and fit punt plays into my main lineup and then put someone uh, higher-priced in my flex. Um, but moving on to tight end, uh, obviously, uh, you know who I have. Who do you have? Uh, I have one of those punt plays we talked about, Harrison Bryant of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, basically, I decided this. I am fully fine with Harrison Bryant getting zero so that I can play Kenny Galladay over Deontay Johnson. That's that's essentially what it came down to, and that was the decision I made, that I'll take Kenny Galladay and his upside of like 30 points and the, the very real possibility that Hunter Bryant or Harrison Bryant gets five or fewer points. Um, and, and really, even if he gets five points, that's two extra salary. It's not the end of the world. So that's the route I went. I don't love the play. I don't even know that I like him more than... Um, David Njoku, who's 500 more, and I could have fit with a different defense, but it's the route I went, and I'm living with it. I assume you know I had Jonu Smith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your flex? Uh, you're going to love this. Right now, it is Giovanni Bernard at 4,500. Again, yes. he's, he's just he's got too big of a role, and we've even seen, like, also, we didn't talk about this. We know he's going to get some goal line work because even when Joe Mixon was around last week, Gio Bernard got a one-yard touchdown run. So it's not like he has to come out of the game for any reason. And another stat we didn't mention, but I saw, I think, on some NFL Network show or something today, in the last, since 2017, in games where Joe Mixon was out, Gio Bernard's averaged uh, just under 20 points a game in fantasy. So if he gets that, he's a smash play, and I think he's a lock to get 15 points this week. And so I really love him. He is my pivot, though. If Aaron Jones is out, I will switch to Jamal Williams, who I think is just a flat-out better play with way more upside and, and just as good of a floor and move around my defense. But that would be my only pivot. Fair enough. Uh, at Flex, I have Stefan Diggs for 7000 I wondered uh, when go- he was coming in. Yeah, going against the New York Jets. I, I just don't see how you cannot play him. Uh, this week he gets the targets, he gets the touchdowns, he gets every everything that you want a wide receiver to get with a all-star quarterback like against a terrible defense. I am not worried about game flow at all. Uh, I think he puts up a huge week this week, and I think he like relishes in it. I think he, him, and his team are like gonna like gloat about blowing out the New York Jets. I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me. And yeah, it, it sounds like our head-to-heads is going to come down to Kareem Hunt versus Stephon Diggs and Gio Bernard or Jamal Williams, whichever one I end up playing, versus your Tim Patrick, I think are the two big inflection points most likely. So we'll see how it all plays out. Oh, I guess we got to give our defenses quick, don't we? So I have. So I did this intentionally. I know it's a little bit of hedging bets, but um, I have $200 salary remaining, and I have the Lions at defense and i did this so that i did this so that i could possibly if i want to at the last minute change from the lions to the falcons oh i thought you were gonna say from julio to ridley or from julio to metcalf no no <laughs> no, no, no. Minute. No, I, I don't oh, want to. Okay. That, that's that's too much of like switching it up. 
no I'm, I'm talking about lions to falcons they're both the same playing the same game you know and they're mm-hmm. once 2200 once 2400 i have 200 dollars remaining salary so i may at some point switch it up um if i'm feeling like tinkering taking a tinker stinker <laughs> yeah if i take a tinker stinker again because aaron jones is out i'll just go from bernard to aaron jones and go up from washington my washington my current defense 2500 who had just they're fine, and they're, the Cowboys' offensive line is bad, so they're fine. That's a fine defense. And I would go up to the Browns' defense at, at 2800 So I'd actually end up with 200 left over in my salary in that case, too. All right, and that is our head-to-head. That is our DFS uh, Week 7 preview. Uh, you can find us at dailyfantasyweekly.com and check us out at tryhardff on Twitter. And we will see you in... We did our preview. We'll see you in a couple of days for our recap show. I feel like I should say peace out or something. Vote.